Good morning. It is good to have each and everyone out with us for our morning half of our worship service. And it's good to have those who have been sick and ill and those who have missed. Uh, we're glad to have you back. We're, we've missed y'all as in your, in your absence. But uh, this morning, let's jump off into Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We, we learn of, of a word that we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to think about this morning. We're going to have some Old Testament examples in, in the refusal of our acts. We're going to get to those. We've got plenty of time this morning, and I think I'm going to go behind this clock and not that one. They're trying to rush me on that one. <laughs> it's all right. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing. The word renewing really pops off the page here as I read verse 2. The word renew means to put back, to refresh, make new once again. To renew ourselves is to say, you know what? I'm where I don't need to be and I need to get back. The prodigal son comes to mind, use him often, but he, he got back, got right, got right, was once dead, and then his father said, he's lost and is now found. Do we find ourselves in this lost status? Do we find ourselves in a dead status, needing to be found or needing to be made alive? The term renew requires effort. If any of us have ever renewed anything or did any remodeling or, or fixed or repaired anything, you're making it new once again. From my background, I do that often, evidently, to make things new, to make things better. And I think about that and I try to apply those things to my life. We need to do as well. For we have a wonderful example of how we should live. Our Heavenly Father sent His Son to this earth and gave us that perfect example of a Christian life for us to follow. We need to remember that example in our everyday walks of life. When Paul writes to the church in Rome here in chapter 12, verse 2, he says to renew something. To renew is to realize where you are is displeasing in the eyes of God. Wearing sin, being disobedient, outside of God's scope for you. The reason why I say scope. We have a specific set of instructions we are to follow as people. As Christians. As children of God. But when we step out of those boundaries, we step out of that scope, and we out, out of the parameters that God has set before us, we become erring children of God. Paul is encouraging the church in Rome to renew, to come back, to refresh, to realize what you are doing is wrong in the eyes of God. So, so as we have made mention of that, we're going to turn back over to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start reading in the 12th verse. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which 
no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he rejected, or he was rejected, and he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. All right, let's stop right there in the 17th verse. Put your finger there in Hebrews. We're going to turn back there. We're going to get the example, and we're going to refresh our minds about Jacob and Esau. In Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34, here we see Esau selling his birthright. Well, previous to this, we learned that, that the two boys were birthed, and they, Esau come out first, which the inheritance would have been given to the elder son. Just, just a few seconds, right? As uh, Jacob was holding on to Esau's foot when both of them was birthed. But Esau came out first. He was the elder son. And then Jacob came second. But then we see this instance. So this inheritance, this birthright would have been given to the elder son in Genesis chapter 25 and verse 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die, and what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils, and he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So we see Esau out in the wilderness, and he was a, he was a hunter. And Jacob was a, a mama's boy, if you will, but he was cooking food, this stew of lentils. And Jacob had been, excuse me, Esau was out in the wilderness hunting, and he was weary. You ever been to that point where I'm about to starve to death? I, we have a friend who says that often, and he's, he's just hungry, right? He's ready to eat. He says, I'm about to starve to death. Is he about to die? No, his name is uh, Mike. We all call him Gumby. And we say, no, but you ain't about to die. You're just, you're just hungry a little bit. But that's his, that's his statement, right? I'm about to die. Esau, Esau had been out in the world. He was hungry. So what did he need his birthright for? Because he was about to perish. He wasn't about to perish. He was not. He was just hungry. He needed to be filled. So Jacob looks at Esau and says, sell me your birthright. But Esau despised it so much that he'd just sell it for a one meal. I don't know if we realize this, but this applies to you and I so much today. As we sell our birthright, now when I, when I say birthright, I mean our blessing from God, His grace. How often do we sell it for a morsel of food, for a good time out with our friends, 
To miss church, uh, providential hindrance set aside, whether it means sickness or illness. And I, God understands that. Even we understand that as well. But to make the choice to miss, we are selling our birthright from God for whatever time that we're going to take that we should have been glorifying God. We need to think about that. For here, we see Esau losing his promise that was given unto him, his birthright. So that was the instance there in Genesis chapter 25 that Hebrew, uh, the Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is writing in chapter 12. Horace, I'm, I'm right there with you. My pages just ain't cooperating this morning. <clears throat> so we see that instance here being referred to in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 16. But to remember, as we've read, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and the word renew tends to pop off the page. Why should it pop off the page for all of us? So just jump out at us. Because how many times do we fall short? How many times do we sell our blessings from God for anything of this world? To renew them. To strengthen them. Verse 12. Back in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Whenever we sin, when we fall short, when we do those things that's displeasing to God, when we sin, we become weak, we become unstrong, we become feeble. The Hebrew writer encourages us to strengthen those things. Strengthen the hands that hang down. Therefore, lift them up to remember the things of this earth are temporal, but the blessings from God are eternal. We need to remember that. Because time and time again, the children of God turn their backs on Him. Why would I say that? Why? Because they do. We do. I'm going to say we. I'm going to include myself. Because when we sin, when we take ourselves out of the parameters of God and we say, I've got this God with our sins and with our iniquities, we separate ourselves from God and become partakers of the world. Uh-oh. Partakers of the world. I believe we learn in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 that uh, condemnation exists when we do that. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the course of this world, but according to the Spirit. Right? No flesh, but the Spirit. We need to remember that in our everyday walk of life. Because when we say, Satan, I want to go with you, we don't say those things. It's our actions. It's the things that we do. It's the things that we say, those, those foul words. It's those, the way we treat one another poorly, despised, like Esau and his birthright. He despised it so much that he just sold it for a, a meal. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. We need to think about ourselves. As a as a chain. I'm going to refer to it as a chain. I've used that example before. 
How strong is a chain? A chain is only strong as its weakest link. Think about that. How strong is the church? As strong as the weakest member. Now, I don't mean those who poorly represent God. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is those who are trying to abide in sin and abide in God at the same time. That cannot and will not happen. Because we learn in Romans chapter 6, verse 2, we died to sin when we became a child of God. No longer participating in it. No longer. We don't have the permission. For a child of God cannot sin, as we learn in, in 2 Peter. Can't sin no more. We don't have the permission. I'm going to use this as an example as we use in Bible class when we refer to that. The permission, that is. When a child is grounded from... Well, I'm going to use myself as an example. When my sister and I was grounded from my mother... Well, from our mom. And she said, you can't go out. Well, we have legs. We have a brain. We have hands. We have vehicles. We have the opportunity to go out. We have the opportunity. No, what she's saying is we don't have the permission to do it. We cannot. You're not going out. You are grounded, right? It was our punishment for whatever happened. So therefore, out of respect for mom, guess what? We didn't go out because we didn't want to have no partakings of mom's wrath. Think about that with God and his children. Whenever God tells his children that you cannot sin, he's saying you have no permission. He wishes you to not do so. But then when we remove ourselves from that scenario, when we become those feeble knees and our hands that hang down and our paths that are no, of our feet that are no longer straight. I believe we've been encouraged or been told that the pathway to heaven is a straight pathway. That's S-T-R-A-I-T. That means difficult. And that pathway that leads to heaven is straight and narrow. Difficult and a direct path. But sometimes... As people, we unwittingly make crooked pathways for ourselves. There's a uh, there's a saying. It's it's a, it's a more seasoned saying that says, "Oh, what a tangled web we weave when at first we start to deceive." You ever heard that before? Think about that. What a crooked pathway that we walk when we try to deceive ourselves to say we can walk our own pathway and still be pleasing to God. What? 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 That, that's being taught. That's being said. I've heard it before. No, we need to be on the pathway that God would have us to be on. For we have His instructions unto us. I know many times stepping out of the scope of the lesson for a second I know there are time and times again whenever men whenever we want to go assemble something we just set those directions off to the side I've done it before I've got this I can assemble this well it don't fit quite right something's missing it don't it don't it don't click just right 
One little part's left over. What is this for? Please don't throw that little part away. Go back to your instructions and, and follow those instructions. Oh, that's what that was for. That should have went here. The reason why I say that. Time and time again, people, I don't mean Christians, I mean people. People use their own righteousness to get themselves through life. That'll kind of work. Kind of. But when it comes to God's instructions and God's righteousness, that will not work. We cannot seek out our own righteousness by no means. So when we think about seeking God's righteousness, where are we going to find that? In the Word. In the Word. So those things that are the, 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 the weakness that, that comes from being on your own pathway or abiding in sin or dwelling in the presence of Satan, all those things will cause you to perish. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. We remember the, uh, the natural olive tree which was wild in its nature. The example is this. The Jews being the natural olive tree and the Gentiles' promise is added to the natural tree. So I, well, the reason why I say that. The Jews were broken off to their disbelief that Christ was the Son of God. They was broken off and they was cast off for their disbelief. The Jews adhered to it and God grafted them in. So those branches that were broken off, those Jews, in their disbelief, it says, hey, we've got to trust in Christ now. We've got to be adherents. We've changed. The old law is done away with. Folks, this was difficult. Don't get me wrong. It was difficult for them to give up their old ways. It was difficult. It wasn't something easy. All right, for you and I today, I'm going to bring this to light. Was it easy to give up our old habits. No, it's not. It took work, did it not? Yes, sirs and yes, ma'ams, it did take work. So when we work out our spirituality, when we work out our salvation, we do those things that's pleasing to God, we give up those things that are displeasing to Him. That's what it means to renew. Because at one time, at one point in our lives here upon this earth, we was connected to God as an infant. We use this as an example in Bible class. We was connected as an infant, even as a small child, but then we separated ourselves when we was aware of sin and we done those things as displeasing to God. We died. We separated ourselves from God. Renew means to come back, to get right, to give up those sins, have them washed away through baptism or immersion and be joined yet again to God. Those hands that hang down, those feeble, weak knees, lift them up so that they're not dislocated or disconnected. Verse 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now I know this verse, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord. I know this without a shadow of a doubt. That's not what this verse is talking about to see. 
This sea is to be joined with those who are in the clouds. Now this may be confusing to you a little bit. Judgment day. Something is going to happen. Those who are in the graves preceding us in death, that is as children of God, they're going to be resurrected first. And those who remain who are holy, those who are faithful, those who are children of God's, will gather together with them in the clouds as Christ comes back the second time. And from there, that point, Christ is going to take us home to heaven. This inheritance that we so yearn for. But there are going to be some to be left back where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that's important, those two terms, those two thoughts. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why would you weep? Because you're sad. You weep because you're sad. Now gnashing of teeth is mad. There are going to be those who are sad. There's going to be those who are mad after Judgment Day. And there is a great number who are going to be there in that group. The reason why I say a great number, we also learn of a different pathway. We, we just made reference to the one that goes to heaven, right? The straight and narrow path. The difficult and narrow path. Well, there is a wide and broad path. Well, gate, rather. Wide and broad gate that leads to destruction. And so many go in by that gate. But few are the ones who find that straight and narrow gate let us be of the few. Those who are hearing my voice, give up the sins, give up the ways of the world, get back in God's parameters to renew your spiritual vitality, to renew your connection to God. And don't be like Esau and sell whatever it is that you sell it for. Whether it be time on the lake, time with a woman, your voice, your, your speech, the way that you talk, the way that you treat one another, give those things up. Because in doing so, in participating outside of those parameters of God, you sell your home with God in heaven. You sell it for something that's temporal. Short. It's going to end. Heaven's not going to end. But on a retrospect of that pleasurable time that you have here upon this earth, that you sell your spirituality with, that you sell your promise to God, your inheritance, something for you is going to last for an eternity. There are two eternities. We are very well aware of, they're at, well aware of that, correct? Two. One's going to be involved in pain and suffering, that lake of fire. And the other one, there'll be no such thing as pain. There'll be no such thing as sadness. There'll be no such thing as The absence of joy. I couldn't think of the term. Sorrow. There'll be no such thing as sorrow in heaven. Now hell, on the other hand, is that other eternity. That destruction that wide and broad gate, gate leads to. So let's make sure we are in the parameters of God. Pursuing peace with all people. Pursue peace with everybody. Folks, as a child of God, we've been called to be peacemakers. Not to, not to incite strife, not to uh, provoke anyone. That is not, that's not who we should be. 
As, as wearing the name Christ, we cannot do that. Again, we don't have the permission. Without which no one will see the Lord. Without which no one will be translated into heaven. Without, no one will be gathered together in the clouds, but be left behind. Looking carefully, verse 15, looking carefully. Well, first off, before we move on, let's look at that term, carefully. The term carefully means you look at all of it, not just one particular spot. When you look at the Word, when you look at the Scriptures, when you look at God's instructions for you, we need to look at them carefully. Context is important. Meaning is important. Definitions are exceedingly important. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me I can fall from grace? Yes, sirs and yes, ma'ams, we can that grace is what's going to save us through faith in Christ. In the absence of faith in Christ, grace is not going to be extended unto you. In the absence of being in God's parameters for His children, grace will not be extended unto you. In the absence of it, actually. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many become defiled. Now keep in mind, when the writer of Hebrews wrote this to the churches, it was a different time. This root of bitterness is going to be the Judaizing teachers, the ways of the world, all those things that was causing people to fall from grace. But this can happen to us today just as much. How many times have we heard someone put down the church of Christ? How many times have you heard someone put down Christians in general? Time and time again. How many times have you heard someone who used to be a child of God put down the children of God? Because of one bitter thought. It's happened in here. I've seen it before. It breaks my heart. We can't let that bitter thought tear us away from God. Bitter means displeased. We have instructions of dealing with a sinning brother or sister. We have those explicit instructions. Very to the wire instructions. This is what we must do. But we have instructions nonetheless. But here... The writer of Hebrews is telling us have nothing to do with these bitter roots because they will cause you to become defiled. And as we become defiled, we are no longer faithful children of God. We have turned into erring children of God and many fall away. Few are going to be find that straight and narrow gate. Is it not a pathway, right? That's what the scriptures tell us. It's difficult being a child of God. It's not something simple. It's not something easy. It's supposed to be difficult walking as a Christian. We look at Christ and the way that he lived. Was it not a difficult life? Yes, it was. It was a difficult walk. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, our example, who sold his birthright for one morsel of food. He thought he was dying. He thought he was perishing, so he sold it. 
We sell our birthright. We sell our spirituality. We sell our inheritance for one little thing. You know what that one little thing is? It's sin. It's just sin. A disobedient act in the eyes of God. We lose our spirituality. We lose our connection to God. We lose our salvation. The very thing that as children of God yearn for. So we need to remember repentance, forgiveness. All these wonderful words tend to pop into our mind as, as we deal with sin, as we deal with the ways of the world, as we deal with our renewal. Sin, we got to give up. Connection to God, we must stay applied. Don't sell your birthright. Don't sell your inheritance. Give up those things that separate you from God. That's going to cause you to be those who are of the group who are going to be weeping and gnashing at the thought of salvation missed. So at this time, I want to offer an invitation where the baptism has not yet happened because that's our connection to God. That's our access to Christ and His grace being extended unto us and starting our spiritual walk. Many of us in here and listening to this message have done so. But we may have taken that short walk with Satan and done those things as displeasing in the eyes of God. Turn away from those things. Renew your spirituality with repentance. Why don't we do so as we stand as we sing the song of invitation.